What's up, everyone? This is Trey Van Camp, and you are listening to the Ministry Podcast. You have two copies of Divine Conspiracy? No. Oh, is that the cover? That's the cover. I always mm. take off the cover. That's Dude, my style. I I'm love hardcover and then take it off. Chapter three. Did you love chapter two? Chapter two is it made me question everything. Yeah, like, like that's am the I thing. Is, <laughs> <laughs> made like, me think like all these big names that I've loved so far. It's like, wait, he like have almost we gone too far in right. that direction. Yeah. It's like uh, John Mark Comer too. I don't know. Have you listened to his Matthew sermon series? No. I don't think you have. Mm-hmm. So I went back because I'm reading Matthew. I'm mm-hmm. reading through it. And I've been I, reading through it too. I want to like, like get into it, but he talks about, he calls out the gospel coalition straight up. And really? he's like, there's a whole organization called the gospel coalition where they argue that the gospel, cause he tries to redefine the gospel mm-hmm. and he says the gospel is, uh, it's not just about getting saved by grace through faith, even though that's a part of it. But Jesus's message in Matthew, Matthew makes it clear that it's about the kingdom of heaven on earth right for that and it echoes what he says in chapter two where it's like it's not just about the oh it's crazy see that's the thing about him like i think john mark comer is incredible and yeah. i want to meet him one day but he's dallas willard like for sure everything i hear of him now i'm like oh this is it's from dallas willard or R- richard foster or all these other people that he and he rightly i mean he quotes him he says it yeah and he like he's one of the pastors that quotes more people than anybody usually a lot of like he's constantly like yeah. long form quotes talking so that's actually what's helped me so um so this podcast we want to talk about kind of processing our sermon is that essentially what we're going deeper going deeper yeah so um we're we really think in our culture today we constantly get information 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 but we don't spend enough time like meditating reflecting on it and that kind of thing so Mm -hmm. the heart behind this is to go deeper on you know so the message is on sunday me and kayla we're going to sit down together on Monday in theory and kind of go deeper and we do growth guides. And so Caleb actually is the one who writes our growth guides every week. So I think that's going to help even naturally you kind of bringing in a little bit of our growth guides. So hopefully this helps our congregation kind of go deeper into what we talk about on Sunday, but also people just in general who listen to the podcast or just want to get encouraged. That's kind of the desire, right? Yeah, I think so. I think especially with this series too. Yeah. Cause I like, you can only say so much about practicing the way, Mm-hmm. of Jesus. Like you could do an entire sermon series on meditation. That's what we're prayer. going to do. As I well. want to do that for sure. Um, I'm, st- I'm not going to lie. Meditation still struggle for me. I'm like how to make that super long oh, yeah. form like six weeks. I see. I see that. But, but I think, I think you have super to super helpful and needed. You, you have to tie it into prayer though. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is it's like a form of prayer in a right. sense. So to, to the last what six weeks yeah that was our sixth sermon yeah. we've done this series called practicing the way of jesus and this whole idea um i actually okay i was doing concrete this morning right and uh, while i do concrete i think of quotes right <laughs> so um our practices are how we participate in his promises is what i wrote down when i was pouring concrete okay. so like the whole this whole idea of these practices is yeah it's great to know the truth but you have to apply the truth somehow so we've worked through um, specifically for this time what God time practices look like. So we talked about fasting. Is, yeah. Isn't that how we started it off? Yeah, yeah. We, the first two weeks we talked about like just in general what practices look like. My TV just turned off. Uh, and then you messed me up, man. You looked at the TV. <laughs> just kidding. No, so we looked at the practices, what they look like. And then um, like as an overall whole, we looked at fasting. Then it was your turn with meditation yep. and then Sabbath. And then yesterday was prayer. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll look at prayer, but I'd love to in the future recap those other ones. Yeah. I have a lot more to say about meditation. So 
No, yeah, that, there's that. Totally. That's a big one. So yeah, just I feel like every Sunday, you know, we have like 35 minutes max to preach a sermon, mm. and uh, every week people come up to me after. Something I'm really thankful for is people are wanting to hear about this and wanting to apply it. So I feel like I've done. I've spent 35 minutes looking at the history, looking at our culture, looking at what the text says about this practice. And then at the end, they're like, okay, how do I start? And I'm like, shoot, I'm not like, <laughs> how can I effectively communicate this better? Like I was hoping to at least give you like handlebars on how to get this thing going. Yeah. Yeah. I think people need, it's hard to get that practical in a sermon too. And I think even in this podcast, like we can bring up questions that people ask us. Yeah. Like people ask me about meditation. What is it like? What do I actually think about? Mm-hmm. I think the same thing with prayer. I think you get lost in like, I mean, I do. I don't know. When I pray, it's usually God help me with this. Help me with that. And then you hear sermons on prayer and it's always like, okay, I know what it should look like, but I don't know how to like bridge that gap between what I do and what I should do. Yeah. And here's my biggest thing. So I've always like CBU culture was always about the spiritual disciplines. Like none of this is new to us, right? but I feel like we've tapped into new language and like a new way to bring it and kind of growing up. Um, I've always known spiritual disciplines is great and I've done them, but like lately there's just been a, like a renewed fire within me to do those mm-hmm. and kind of all fits together in my perspectives a little bit better. And I realize I think there's two kinds of groups of people that have always talked about spiritual disciplines. They've always used that language. Mm-hmm. Uh, one group is like the professors, like the real academic type. Right. And so I've always learned, like, I love them. Um, I actually got to meet Donald Whitney who wrote spiritual disciplines oh, of wow. the Christian life. But I always felt the separation from him. Like, you're an academic. Like, you're super smart. Mm. You're a professor at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So there's, like, a disconnect for me. And if I feel a disconnect, mm-hmm. my members or our members are totally going to feel a disconnect. Yeah, for sure. And then also those people that are that harp on the spiritual disciplines are, like, old people who have prayed their whole life. And, like, they have <laughs> – they just seem so unattainable. Right. You know, and they're like, why don't you just pray two hours a day? Mm-hmm. And I think that really taps into our trying versus training perspective. Right. Yeah. I think people, I mean, it goes back to like, I, I think there's such a, I, I think all of it ties into what I said with meditation too. Like we've had such a strong reaction against the supernatural aspect of our faith. And we've, it's like, we think the solution to getting closer to God and to sharing our faith or whatever it is we want to do is like knowledge. We have to learn more mm-hmm. and things like that. And I feel like when you, when you leave out the supernatural aspect, like there are supernatural blessings that God promises when you meditate, for example, or when you pray or when right. you spend time with him. Like if we rob the Holy Spirit of those supernatural, of his supernatural ability, we rob ourselves of the supernatural promises. Let's talk about this. Okay. This gets me excited. So actually even this morning I was reading Dallas Willard and he was talking about fasting and how literally he believes Jesus when he says like my food is, you know, food isn't just um, how does well, I'm terrible Matthew four, like uh, John four my food is to do the will of God oh yeah, yeah right yeah. like that's and so he's talking about how uh, he literally believes when you are spiritually feeding on the goodness of God it actually physically feeds you as well you're actually not as hungry really and like so we separate those we don't think that's possible but yeah. Jesus is also the one that multiplied the five loaves and two fish right like he can take these these things that like these physical things that don't make sense to us. And he he can, you know, he creates energy. Like we have to work with what we have. He can create new things. Yeah. So his, he was saying in uh, the divine conspiracy, when I was reading this morning, chapter six, I believe like, think about this fasting. You're actually like, he's not just saying a cute saying he's literally saying, I don't need food because I'm doing the will of God and I'm full. Yeah. So like we, we've so separated that spiritual and physical and we don't see how they go together. I think that's the essence of like our problem. Right. And we, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you either under spiritualize like, it. I I don't know. That's a dicey thing because it's like, well, if I just preach the word, I'll never be hungry again. And he and he says, of course, you extremism. can't go six days where you have nothing. Mm. But I mean, like today, I'm fasting, right? Mm. And I'm thinking, wow, God, I think if I spend more time in prayer with you and actually do this for the right reasons, I have confidence that I won't have as many hunger pains of like, ugh, mm-hmm. than if I just never focused on him and all I thought about was not eating all day. Right. Yeah, We. it's like we try and fix like a spiritual problem because we have access to so much materialistic. Like mm-hmm. we have information and we have food right down the street anywhere we want to go. So when we when we take those things away, I think we're left alone with like ourselves and we're more aware of the presence of God, like God. Cause he talks about that in like the first couple chapters that God of divine conspiracy of the divine Dallas conspiracy Willard. by Dallas Willard. <laughs> uh, he talks about how God's presence is a reality in the universe, in the world, not just, so I, I just, I'm in the middle of chapter three where he talks about the kingdom of heaven and how heaven, we, we push God and the Holy spirit and Jesus, all of the, like, his presence. Like my sermon on Sunday, right? Didn't yeah. I tap into you it a talked little bit? Into that, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually didn't have it on my notes, uh, but I remembered from the book and I yeah. winged it. Because like the heavens, I did have in my notes that it meant air. So like, is that what you're tapping into? Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. the three heavens, like our father who is in heaven, we always think, oh, our father who's He's way up, up there. there. Yep. You're so far away. Try to come down here and care for me. He's saying, no, no, no. Our father who's in the heavens, mm-hmm. it's actually written in the plural, and we see in Paul, he talks about the heavens, which is the air around us, the the air we breathe all around us. Our mm-hmm. Father who's all around us, first of all. The second layer of heaven, which so many religions misinterpret, yeah. um, is uh, the sun and the moon and the stars, space, space, outer space, what we can see with the telescope. But then the third heaven is like what you and I would normally think about in the American t- context of angels and where God actually right. dwells. But he's saying God dwells everywhere, obviously. So that actually gives us a lot more comfort. Yeah. And we, I, we, we push against that when we inundate ourselves and we feast too much on, uh, yeah, even food. Like I think gluttony is more of an issue for people than they realize. Oh man, it's such a huge problem for me, and I've been frustrated even because um, I've been working out with Jordan. Yeah. And but I've been gaining weight, and I'm like <laughs> Jordan, I don't get it. But I, I've been thinking, and I'm here thinking like, oh, like I'm experiencing the goodness of God in a new, new deeper way. But I have still been stress eating. Yeah. And like, there's been certain categories that you and I know about that we're not. I just, anyways. Yeah. Um, church life that has made me like, in one sense, I feel content. But the other sense, I just been like, just in case I need dessert again, I've been having dessert like every night for like a month and I'm like, wait. So I'm having to, you know, realize right. so much of that. Like I'm hindering my relationship with God. If I am over depending on food. Yeah. 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 So it's this recognizing how the physical really does interact with the spiritual. Yeah. Did you read renovation of the heart? I skimmed Dallas it Willard? a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get like in it. So that I would suggest, I honestly think that would be a great first book for people to step into yeah. the world of Dallas Willard. And he's, his whole point is connecting how we are apprentices of Jesus, but looking at how the body, the soul, the mind, our social context, yeah. all these things go together. Yeah. Now, historically, I don't know if you've heard that. I think it was on the, uh, we're both a fan of the podcast called, what's the podcast we love? Um, this Cultural Moment. This Cultural Moment. I think it was in that, I might be wrong, where he talks about the Reformation. Oh, a little bit. Was that in that or is that? I think so. I didn't make it up. I, I think that. I know what you're getting at, or I don't know if I heard it from you or from the podcast. I preached on it a few weeks ago. That we, the Reformation started the trend of, 
what was it? It was like yeah, so, fixing knowledge, fixing theology because the practices were already there. Yeah. So like, that. I think we think reformation was perfect. Yeah. Like everything, if we can just go back to Martin Luther's time, like that's what our, our people need, but that's not the full picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like a lot of us feel so dysfunctional cause we're like, but we know the right theology. We know we're saved by grace alone. Why, why do we feel this dysfunction? I think it taps in a little bit more like what you're saying with John yeah, yeah. Comer and gospel coalition. Yeah. And, but the reformation was working under assumptions. So the reformation, and it was nothing wrong with Martin Luther. He was looking at what was wrong with the church, not what, what, what was with, with what was right. Yeah. Like the whole medieval ages was all about the practices mm-hmm. to, to their detriment, right. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So that's why Martin Luther and the rest of the reformers had to overcorrect. Be like, that's not the practices that save you. It's grace alone, faith alone, you know, Christ alone, right. God's glory alone. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. I, I'm missing a fifth. Anyways, there's five solas. But so they were, but so when we read that, we forget that those people were used to the practices. Everybody did fast. Like all throughout history, Christians would fast twice a week. I never knew that. Yeah. Like I had absolutely no idea. So that's why I'm starting to fast twice a week. Um, And then throughout history, Christians would actually practice Sabbath. And it wasn't until like the 50s here in America that we stopped doing the Sabbath. So, but we only think, oh, if we just know we're saved and then we're good, they're just that disconnect mm-hmm. there. And you miss out, I think, too. Like, we say it all the time. Jesus didn't just save us for the next life. He saved us for this life also. Mm-hmm. And I think this is how you tap into that. Like, I don't... You, it's it's scary because you want to avoid the whole, like, live up to your own potential theology. Yeah. Where it's, like, about you. But I think there's a sense where God creates us to fulfill a purpose on earth. And to experience him as a reality on earth. And we miss out on that because our theology says that we're too, I think our, our incorrect or incomplete theology says that we're already saved. We don't have to worry. Like we just have to bear down and mm-hmm. bear down and kind of stick with, he has U of uh, H I know right I, that was a shameless plug. Down. Wildcats. All right. Um, <laughs> what's the hand thing you just it's did? It's wildcats. So it's, oh, it's like a C w with, and he says a three. Oh, WC. I get WC. it. I was like, what did you just do? It is whatever. Yeah. For the podcast listeners, they, they have know. no idea. No, they, they know a hundred percent. They know. Well, I know the fork sign. Yeah, we don't do that. That's, Moving forward. Let's put the gang sign. Uh, to help, actually, with that, that's yeah. helped me. You, sh- you need to read it, too. Eternity is Now in Session by John Orberg. I think it just came out. So mm. I read it in one day. Great read. And he is a disciple of Dallas Willard. Mm-hmm. And um, But he talks about eternity is now in session. That's the whole idea. Life begins now. Yeah, what does that yeah, look yeah. like? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think that's big. So let's talk about two more things. Um, I mean, we can take this whatever direction we're going. This is honestly, we honestly, part of why we started this podcast is because our wives have a podcast together and we're like, they can't show us up that much. Yeah, we got to compete. We got to compete. We got to see who gets the most listen. I'm just kidding. Um, But anyways, with that, there's two things. We want to wrestle with what we're talking about and we really want to help benefit our church. So there's two things I think we should talk about. Yeah. I think um, that whole Venn diagram. Oh, yeah. And then also, let's actually work through what we talked about on prayer to help people. Yeah, I was going to ask you how prayer fits into all this. Yeah, I don't know. You tell me. I don't You You <laughs> preached on it. <laughs> okay. So, should we do the Venn diagram or should we just go with prayer? Yeah, let's do the Venn, Venn diagram. diagram. So, I think what's well, a healthy Venn diagram. Can you, like, show the gra- like show it in, in, like, editing or something? So, you have to realize most of this would just be on podcast. Oh, that's I'm going to take the great parts and put it in my vlog, I think. Okay. I think that's the idea. I don't know. You tell me. It's just so much editing. If you want to take up the editing... You got to show, oh, I'm in your cohort. I can, let me know when you do that one. If you want to do the editing, then you can totally take these memory cards, dump it in there and you put it all together and we could put it on somewhere. But I don't know if you have fun with that. I wouldn't have fun. I don't know. It actually could be fun. 
knows? your face is in it. I bet you that's more motivating than if yeah, I gave if I get you to look at my footage face of just day? me. Unless I don't like the way I look. So the Venn diagram. Here. So actually, when we started this, uh, we I I kind of had this phrase, and thankfully Caleb made it better. Um, I was going back and forth with him on like what should this phrase sound like. It's kind of this overall summary. And to be honest, it's almost like our new vision statement for our church. But I haven't officially said that, so I'm scared to say that. But it's like I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. It's um, passionately pursuing the life and lifestyle of Christ in Queen Creek. That's like what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm such a notice the P P L L C C C Q C, but still. Yeah. Uh, and so it's cool too. By the way, passionately. All the blah, 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 to the creek and we're passion creek church poetic but with that there's actually like a venn diagram i think with every christian especially every no just every christian and i think every sermon needs to have this is this venn diagram with one angle passionately pursuing the life of christ mm-hmm. this is what i think we're all used to mm-hmm. right like just this gospel message in him we have life right like you know he is your life mm-hmm. believe in him this is the truth. This is just why we go through the Bible every week. We're just learning about the life of Christ and how his life covers ours. Mm-hmm. His He died for us. All of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Just foundational theology. But I think most of us stop there, at least in our cultural moment uh, in America mm-hmm. in this context. But not only that. So that's one Venn diagram. So every week we should be looking at the Bible and looking at the life of Jesus or how this text is pointing to the life of Jesus. Right. But I think we greatly miss out as apprentices of Jesus if we don't passionately pursue the lifestyle of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's it, I think they are different, right? The life of Jesus versus the lifestyle, right. like my meaning behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the life of Jesus is, I, again, it goes back to knowledge. You learn about the reality of Jesus' life, what that, how that affects you and how it affects your eternal destiny. Mm-hmm. But then the lifestyle is the practices. It's how you take part in that destiny now. Right. And then... So we are formed by teachings plus our practices. Right. So the teaching is the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The practices are the lifestyle of Jesus. The God-man lived on earth, and he showed us how we're supposed to use our bodies, how right. we're supposed to use relationships to give glory to God. Yeah. So not only are we supposed to learn his lessons... But also, he laid forth, this is how I live. Mm -hmm. He went away to pray alone. He was fasting. He would actually heal people on Sabbath, which is the whole purpose of Sabbath, is healing. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk about that. We need to talk about that in another episode. So we're looking at, um, for our church, I should say the last one. So Venn diagram, teachings, we need to do that consistently. Practices, we need to do that consistently. Mm -hmm. The last part of the Venn diagram is passionately pursuing the life and lifestyle of Christ in Queen Creek. So for us in our city. Mm-hmm. So for us, I think the last part of a Venn diagram where if we use all three, we're really hitting the sweet spot is knowing our culture, loving our city, yeah. like really thinking through what are the idols of our city and how can we actually point them to Christ and just being involved in our community. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah. And it, it's funny too, because I think Queen Creek culture is a lot different than like Portland culture or San oh, yeah. Francisco or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's still it's like we started off this this series talking about how you're either everybody's formed spiritually it's either unintentional or intentional yeah and i think the way that culture is forming itself unintentionally is sort of uniform across the board especially like western culture looks very different but it's still the same like right i think postmodernism is kind of seeping its way into way, the way that people think and i think for it's us postmodernism post postmodernism that's right <laughs> i i missed that episode i think no keep going they um no, like I, I think it, it either influences the way that you think and that you kind of go along with it or that you have such a strong reaction against it that you 
work your way into isolationism. Like we don't want to be a part of like the world. So we're going to yeah. just create our own little bubble. Uh-huh. But I think you miss out because then if you only look at culture, I think the unhealthy way to do it is you only look at culture in that Venn diagram. You don't look mm-hmm. at how Jesus interacted with culture right. and you don't look at what Jesus taught about culture mm-hmm. and you need all three, I think to not just for yourself. Like I, I want us to move away also from the individual aspect of it. Yeah. Cause the goal of, I think pursuing the life and lifestyle of Christ is so that you can bring others into that life and lifestyle into the kingdom as well. Yeah. Um, what's so beautiful is I think when I learn the culture, I actually learn more about Christ. Yeah. You know, I'm able to see like, <laughs> Oh, here's the desires that we actually have within us. And here's how actually Jesus fulfills that ultimate desire. Mm-hmm. We just have a disordered dysfunctional desire that we have tried to turn inward rather than upward. Like yeah. it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. So I enjoy learning the culture. I think it's fascinating. I think yeah. it's cool. It makes me realize, Oh, here's where I've, I've fallen away. Mm-hmm. And here's why maybe my heart is full of anxiety. Like, Look at our culture today. The whole message is anxiety. Yeah. That's a problem. Right. And I'm actually seeing in church planning culture, there is a restlessness. Mm-hmm. And I don't think God's plan for us is to be full of anxiety as pastors. Yeah. Those who like, like I just, I just, anytime I hang out, not, I need to be careful here. Mm-hmm. When I tend to hang around people who are in the ministry. Yeah. When I leave, I am more anxious than when I came. Yeah. And I think it's part of it is totally on me, this competition thing. Sure. But all a lot of it too, though, is like, what's your next strategy? And mm-hmm. like, there's just this pressure we're all putting on each other to make sure we can make it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I even have a buddy who just texted me this morning, we're going to do a podcast together. He's like, I'm, I can't reach people easily because there's so many mega churches in my area. I don't know what to do. I can just tell like he has this, this yeah. burden and I'm like, man, I wish we could all r- run away from that. And just like be content with where God has us and just care for, I don't know where I'm going, but yeah, like, I feel like this Venn diagram is helpful. Like, yeah. okay. In our church planning strategy, are we really, how are we having the lifestyle of Jesus in right. the midst of all of this rather than just focusing on culture? Yeah. 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 Anyways. So that's kind of the Venn diagram that I think is really helpful. All of these three together and how can we as pastors of Passion Creek help our people see how all three are intertwined. Yeah. So we've actually, uh, split up our church into three seasons. Yep. Right. So first season is January. I'm so bad at math to April. Yep. Actually, I'm actually good at math. I don't know why I say that. <laughs> I Are love you? math in high school. Yeah. January to April and then May to August. Yeah. Yeah. And then September to December. And that's kind of how we split up um, our calendar. Yeah. So within each season, we want to have uh, a dream team rally. Mm-hmm. We want to have growth groups uh, or workshop. We like want one workshop every mm-hmm. season, uh, different things. And they look different. Summer's a lot more in-depth, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But with that, I think we've decided is we want to follow this Venn diagram. So every season, we want to focus uh, from for five to seven weeks, whatever, on one of the practices of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. So right now, to introduce it to everybody, we're kind of doing a lot of the practices, but Next, we'll actually sit into, you know, like even the beginning of the year, I talked about hospitality, which is a practice for Jesus, remember? Yeah. Yep, yep. So we would actually do several weeks on what hospitality looks like yeah. in the New Testament, the Old Testament, and how that looks like for today. Right. And then we would just jump right back into a book and yeah. go through the teaching. Yeah. So that's, that's the good. rhythm. Do you like that rhythm? Or are you? I do. Yeah. I thought, so I, I thought we were doing the quarters. That was the other thing. Hmm. The when? God, go, gather group. Yes. Yeah. Is that still a part of it? The quarters. Okay, no, we're splitting up into three seasons, so so 
Because then how would you do? Confusing the listeners. I know. Just you kidding. can edit this out. It no, yeah, matter. no. No. So I think just not everything has to be done in one year. So right now right, we're doing okay. God time. So the next one, we're actually doing group time for the next season. I was going to ask Relational, about that. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And then we're going to do Because that's how we time. split up that. So we split up the practices into four different categories. There's God time practices, which is what we're going through right now. Group time practices. There's gather time practices, which is the Sunday morning experience, and go time practices, which is how to share your faith and be with those outside of the four walls. Hospitality would fall under that. Yeah. Um, Just yeah. sharing your faith, testimony, evangelism, peacemaking. That's peacemaking. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's the idea behind it. Gotcha. Are we good on that? that so, that's sense. the Venn diagram that we're trying to really teach our people at our church. And it's been helpful for me. And I'm so glad that you've been reading these Dallas Willard and other. Right, Richard Foster, too. Uh, Spirit of the Discipline. Uh, I forgot what it's called. It's something, something about spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Um, it's up there. And then I actually also read Willard's book, Spirit of the Disciplines. You got to catch up, dude. I know. Well, I'm reading two books a week. I'm also in seminary, so. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You yeah. know, my grandma, yeah. she, uh, I went to dinner. No, I went to, yeah, lunch with her on Sabbath day. Yeah. Saturday. I need to stop. Um, <laughs> And uh, she handed me a pamphlet from Gateway Seminary. Really? She said, you need to finish. Yeah. Are you gonna? She's very adamant about me finishing. You should do it. And then she showed me how it's com- you can do the whole thing online now. Yeah. I just don't know if I'd like that, but okay. I don't want to drive all the way to Glendale. No, that's rough. That's that's what gets rough. They're offering a lot of classes at Valley Rim, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Something I wish I wish Heartcry would host some. I wish in seminary we were going through this stuff so that it would all just align. Yeah. But I've always wanted, like, whenever I was in college, like, whatever I was learning, I, mm-hmm. that's what I was teaching. Yeah. Like, two birds with one stone. Yeah. Right? No. So let's talk about prayer and be done with this podcast. Hope let's you guys it. are enjoying it. Remember to rate this podcast five stars, leave a review. <laughs> uh, this podcast, we're going to put it, I guess, both on Passion Creek and can you do ministry that? podcast yeah. i can do whatever i want so do it what's yeah yeah i just really like ministry podcast isn't that <laughs> terrible <of> me <laughs> yeah that's bad we're gonna put more on the passion creek podcast like the uh, college lessons yeah that'll be good check home lessons call them yeah lessons all right so how do you want to do this let's talk about prayer and then we'll be done so I, this is the actual thing we need to review from sunday right i'm curious well, I don't know. I feel like I have questions I want to ask you, but I feel like it should be the other way around if you're the... Dude, I'm terrible at questions. Well, I want to know, first off, this is probably a bad question, but if, if there was anything else in your sermon that you didn't get to say that you wanted to say, because I feel like I was listening to it and I felt like you had more to say, but I don't know if that's is true that or like, not. It was incomplete? It wasn't incomplete, um, no. No, I did have more to say, especially at the end. Because I had to clump together, give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts, forgive our debtors, do not bring us into temptation, deliver yeah. us from the evil one. I had to clump that all as one point and just take it home. Yeah, so yeah. I would have spent more time. But to be honest, I knew in my prep time that I wouldn't have enough time. So I actually didn't spend a whole lot of study on like what that would look like more fleshed out. Gotcha. Okay. I wish I had more time to talk about. I don't know if I made the point clear, but the bent to resent or the threat to forget. Yeah. So the bent to resent can happen even in temptation, all these things. The whole prayer is like we know that our bent is towards resentment, towards God and towards others. So Mm -hmm. in our prayers, it needs to be, God, may I not like forgive me. Like I want to be in clear standing with you and give me what I need. Like I don't want to be upset that you're not providing for me. Like I want my heart in the right place. 
And then the threat to forget is whenever God gives us abundance, we are definitely facing the threat of, oh, I don't need you, God. So it's Mm -hmm. this prayer of, God, I just want you to give my needs so that I don't fall into either the bent to resent or the threat to forget. Right. I got worried that that point wasn't clear. I like the rhyming, though, so I stuck with it. (laughs) No, that makes sense. I thought it worked enough. And it was really from Proverbs 30, verse 8, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. And so when Jesus says, give us today our daily bread, I read in the commentary, they were clearly people would remember Proverbs 30, verse 8. Right. Like that was because that whole phrase, give me my daily bread. Yeah. And what we talked about is in poverty, we have the bent towards resent. And in prosperity, we have the threat to forget. Now, neither. And I mean, you can, I would have probably spent even more time on that and like how, Paul has been through both poverty and prosperity. Those yeah. aren't the the evil or the good, but just so that no matter what happens, I don't lead to resentment or yeah. forgetting. Yeah, there's a balance. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I had more to say, probably. I was just wondering. I don't know. Uh, it was a good Did you I mean, maybe because of the podcast, but I learned this before that uh cultural moment podcast. But in the seventeen eighties and nineties in America were some of the worst times to be a Christian. Like revisionist history says the total opposite. Yeah. I, like if we can just go back to the 1700s, the founding fathers and everything will be good. Yeah. But there was so much persecution to be a Christian. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like now, it was especially on the college campus. You were mm-hmm. just treated as stupid. Like why would you th- believe in Christ? Right. So we opened up the sermon with that. And uh, I'm not going to re-preach the sermon because yeah, no, you no. guys can have that. But we talked about how. Uh, there was the haystack prayer meeting and really my desire i had a, so many prayer stories but the mm. point was like hey great things happen but don't be discouraged because i think so many of us when we talk about prayer the thing is like yeah you should because martin luther has this quote i have so much to do that i shall spend the first three hours in prayer mm-hmm. and so we preach like we need to do that and then we go home and that's like so disheartening yeah because we're like i don't i can't even do it for three minutes let alone three hours and even when we do it for I mean, longer, like if you normally pray for a minute every morning, if you extend that to 10 minutes, you don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the the other issue too, is we chase, I mean, I do this. I, I get so hyped up about this stuff that I find that <laughs> I end up looking for an experience. And I think that that's a false promise that God is always going to show up. I think I talked about this in meditation a little bit. And like mm-hmm. we can, we should expect supernatural things to come from our prayer time, um, and for God to have results. Um, for him to answer prayers. But if that's, but that's not the point, that's not the motive. Yeah. I think, I think that was big for me is changing my motive from like, and a lot of it again comes down to the reality of God's presence here with us is when we pray, we're tapping into that. Yeah. And we're, I don't know all these disciplines. I think that's why people don't like disciplines is because you can make it the ultimate and Mm -hmm. then it ruins everything. You become legalistic. You're not fun to be around. Yeah. And so that's the heart check behind it. I think that's why a lot of people reject these disciplines. Yeah, for sure. So with prayer, it's not what makes you great. And and Jesus addresses that in verse five of Matthew six. Like, don't be like the hypocrites who are standing on the corner. Like Mm -hmm. they've missed the whole purpose. Yeah. Here's what prayer actually looks like. So we talked about the trying to behave. So really trying to pray like Jesus leads to death, but training to pray like Jesus leads to life. It's this process of recognizing like a marathon. You're not going to get it all together, but you can just start inkling, you know, going towards that. So the first point was our prayer is more effective when we start with the right perspective. Yeah. I think that's huge too. It goes back to, I'm thinking of, I don't know, this probably isn't relevant, but I'm going to say it anyways. The, when I preached on second Samuel six, 
in November. Mm-hmm. The yeah. whole the whole idea, the story of Uzzah reaching out to touch the ark, which mm-hmm. represented God's holiness. It was going to fall, so Uzzah reaches out to touch it. You weren't supposed to touch it or you die, and God kills him. So we read that on the surface, and we think that Uzzah had good intentions. But the reality was that God, he, he didn't understand how holy God was and how sinful he was. Right. And I think that we carry that, not just because I was talking about that within the context of worship, but I think we carry that into our prayer life as well. Um, I think it looks different for all of us. For me, it's kind of like, well, God, I've given myself to ministry. You owe me this. Mm. I hate saying that, but that's right. a real thing. You know, like mm. I'm, I'm, I'm studying and I'm spending my life to bring and to share the gospel with college students and people in our church or whatever. Um, but you're not showing up the way I want you to. Yeah. And it's because I don't start here. The perspective isn't like, I'm just enjoying God as a father first off, but also the fact that there's a, there's a difference between me and God. Like there's a holiness there that I can't, right. you know what I mean? I think there's twofold when I, when I say like our prayer is more effective, I think it is uh, two different ways. I think it's more effective in that it'll be longer. Like if you're starting right. with the father, you actually are, you're in it longer. You're enjoying him more and you're not quickly rushing to the needs and getting burnt out. Yeah. You know, so I think that's the first thing. If you start recognizing just as a reminder of who he is to you, our father who's in heaven, you know, your name be honored as holy. That is the right perspective. It's a foundation and it, and it reminds you of his goodness. Yeah. And then it's more effective because if you're actually praising the father more, your heart is in the right spot. So then you actually have a way better chance of those things you're asking for mm-hmm. to actually come to fruition. And the things that you ask for change too. True. Like all of a sudden it's not so much like, God show up. It's God. Keep me faithful. It's, you know, right. And I did like, this was everywhere on Twitter. Um, it says religion says I messed up. My dad's going to kill me, but gospel says I messed up. I need to call my dad. Yeah. So it's important to know him as your dad, but the right view of your dad. Yeah. Anything more on that first part? I think that's good. Now this one I did want to spend more time on. Yeah. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm hmm. That all of these can be like sermons, right? Right. Um, but I, I wish I could tap into a little bit more how we do have a fatalistic perspective in today's society where what's going to happen will happen. And I've always said that. Right. Did, did I say anything in there that you disagreed with? No. I like what? Cause I did say something that kind of seemed controversial. I was like, um, God did have a plan for you, but you keep messing it up. So he keeps changing plans or oh. something like that. And like, in one sense I agree. In the other sense, I was like, I can see how people, God is still what sovereign. I'm trying to say. He's so. still sovereign. And, but but it is the point, though, is I think I might be in a different track. That doesn't mean, though, that this new track isn't the best. Like, I think God always makes it work together for our good. Yeah. But. That's, that's almost a different podcast. Entirely. I know. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, I tapped into something there and I need to move on. Right. But it is this idea of God's in control so I can do whatever. No, I mean, yes and no. That's not the right perspective right. on how yeah, to live yeah. your life. Like, you need to try to abide in the teachings of Christ. I think. Yeah. Like, I wonder, oh, I don't know. I, I want to be careful about what I say. I don't want to turn this into like a, let's just theorize about what God is like and what he isn't without mm. backing it up with scripture or something. But I think there's some validity to the fact that like God, I don't know. God probably withholds blessings until you ask for them. And if you never ask for he them, does. Like, that's, he says you have not cause you ask not. Yeah. That's a real verse in the Bible. Good. I was testing you. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? It's everywhere. That specific verse? Yeah. What Look do you mean? I don't know. You, I want to know that reference. James 4, 2. You didn't look that up, did you? You just knew that. Right. What Let's about it? Your head. Oh, should I Google it? Just no, to make just, sure? Just made it up. No, I Googled it. <laughs> yeah, you Googled it. I did too. It's okay. No, that's a real thing. 
I think I think where we get confused though is when it comes to to, you do not have because you do not ask God. I think you can apply that incorrectly to uh, totally salvation or prosperity. I think those are the big things. Yeah, but there's the man. There's so many sides to every coin. Yeah, because I think, and I wish I did speak a little bit more. You can pray for your wants. But right. then it's like, if you don't give me those ones, that's totally cool. Yeah. You know? And I think too, like it's, I, 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 have, I have a friend, uh, we were talking a couple weeks ago about his non-Christian friends and how he's trying to share his faith and how he's getting frustrated because he doesn't feel like there's any change. And I asked him like, well, how often do you pray for them? Yeah. Like, how often do you ask God to, to move supernaturally in their lives? I think that's the same. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is for everyone to right no i'm so like if we don't pray for that i don't know like if your prayer life doesn't include that do you get what i'm saying no yeah so we didn't talk about this but uh my first youth pastor position um in california i one of the first things i did as we did a prayer walk yeah and one of the leaders was like super upset with me and they said we don't have time to pray we need to go out and share our faith like why would you go into a city and not share the gospel why would you just sit around there and pray Mm mm-hmm and and I get um, because he's kind of from that generation and it was a helpful generation I think of like you need to share your faith like yeah. how else are they going to know and that was a big deal about it but um, why not I think there should be times where we're just praying I think that's more effective more powerful mm-hmm. you know than anything but again it's not in the replacing of actually sharing but how often do we just pray Right. and so uh, yeah I got a lot of heat for that I almost shared that story when we were talking about um, but instead I shared the Stacy story when we were in San Francisco. That makes sense. But, um, but so that point was if we don't believe prayer changes our fate, our desire to pray is dead out the gate. Boom. You know, if we actually don't think big things will happen, why would we pray? Mm-hmm. You know, I love Augustine, how he says, God is reigning now, but just as light is absent to those refusing to open their eyes. So it is possible to refuse God's rule. So our prayer is just that God would open people's eyes. Yeah. To the life and lifestyle of Christ in their city. In their city. Branding. (laughs) Anything else? No. I I did a sermon a a few years ago on Exodus 32 Mm -hmm. on how seemingly it looks like Moses changed the mind of God. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's where I got that quote from David Platt because he preached on it as well. Way better sermon than what I did. But the purposes of God are unchanging, but the plans of God are unfolding. So we don't know how it's going to happen. So we can actually seemingly, it looks like we're changing God's mind by asking God, you know, this is how we would love for this to happen for our church. Will you do this for us? Yeah. We have not because we ask not. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. I like that. We pray for the flourishing of our city. Our families, our church, our businesses, our relationships. It's like the Jeremiah 29 thing. The yeah. Pursue the well-being of your city. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. Last point. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but so then we look towards the actual needs, actually asking God for what we want. And it's give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We've also forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And I said, we pray to get away from our bent towards resent. And we pray to get away from the threat to forget. And again, I don't think this is a perfect whole summary of all of that. Um, I think you have to recognize in sermons, there's always time and you have to just give people benefit of the doubt. What I said wasn't wrong, but I don't think it's the full anyways. Yeah. Um, but my thing that I talked about, I think a little bit, especially this, give us today our daily bread is that we're in such a once based economy and society that we honestly forget all the things we actually need. Like I was actually thinking through my heart, what are some things I actually need? I have everything I need. 
mm-hmm. you know, and I never ask for them because money can do that. Right. Work can do that. But Tim Keller talked about we should be praying for our needs because we're giving so much away that we wind up needing. Mm-hmm. I think there's also balance to that. Savings is important and smart. Right. Yeah, being smart. You don't want to end up in like the poverty gospel. But you also thing. don't want to be the guy who has these huge storage barns. You right. know, and all that stuff is yep. gone when you die. Yeah. No, I think that's big. Was there anything you want to add to that? Anything at all? Like, it doesn't even have to be from what I preach, but just those right. concepts in general. I, I like... I, I think that's... I don't know. I think that taps into the culture a little bit here in our city. Is the It's not even materialism, but it is like... I think there's an idolatry of work and idolatry of like showing off your work with what you have and things like that. And I think we pray for like, it's good to want to use your influence and things that you have for the gospel. But I think if our mindset changed to, um, give me more so that I might bless others more. I don't know. I've, I've never thought about that before. I also think like poverty and prosperity, like poverty isn't necessarily just materialistically. I think like, true. I don't know. And then I think when we experience poverty, like spiritual poverty, for example, like when we just don't feel like God is showing up because we're filling our heads with knowledge or whatever, then I think that leads us to forget about like that just, it ends up with apathy mm-hmm. and it ends up with, and I only know, I mean, that's where I've been before where it's like, I, you know, you expect God to do things that, um, you're not actually believing in him to do. Right. And then that you, you think about God less throughout the day, you meditate on him less throughout mm-hmm. the day you pray less and then before you know it it's like i don't yeah poverty doesn't answer um it doesn't make you more holy i love how dallas willard put um i think it i don't remember which book it was maybe renovation of the heart he talked about how the people who obsess about money the most are those who don't have any yeah you know so like there's nothing um about that there's just so much sermons in that i'm also not in the camp i, I don't want to go poverty or prosperity but I also believe, like, you have not because you ask not. And I think there's some great things. I know some rich people that are doing great things for the kingdom, and they're enjoying their life. So yeah, that's not really what the whole purpose of that right, sermon was for. Uh, but we can talk about that sometime. But, yeah, don't bring us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. That is, like, God, protect me from the inside mm-hmm. and also protect me from those outside that I'm not in control of. Yeah. So really the idea as we close is that hopefully this is an outline for you in your prayer. Um, I actually listened to a YouTube video from uh, Dallas Willard and they asked about his quiet time. Mm-hmm. And he says, no matter what, sometimes I have time to read my word. Other times I'm traveling, whatever I have grace, but I, he says, I always, I don't know if it's both every day or it's either or, but he always meditates on Psalm 23 and, or the Lord's prayer. Yeah. So he spends time walking through each one, mm-hmm. uh, each line by line, and just says the first line and then thinks about it. How does that work out in his life today? And I'm a huge proponent of praying through the Psalms just as a whole. Um, Donald Whitney has a good method on that in the Spiritual Disciplines book. Uh, I believe it's in that book. Yeah. He also read a whole, he wrote a whole other book on praying through the Psalms. Um, but I thought that was good. So Psalm 23. So for me, what I've decided to do on Sabbath day, I read Psalm 23 line by line and I pray through each line. Okay. Um, cause it is more of like, he's my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, that's what Sabbath is for. Not right. wanting. It's just this picture of being in rest. And for me, somebody who doesn't rest easily, Psalm 23 is a great like reminder for me and to settle into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then outside of that, like when I'm running, I am trying to do the Lord's prayer more where I'm like, okay, God, here's the next category. And what does this mean for me, for my family, for my church life, all these things. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? No, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been a fan of, I think you mentioned this in your, 
in your sermon, the you go inward and then outward. Yeah. That's what I've always done. I think praying scripture is really important too. I don't, I should probably do that. Like pick a specific, we, what I usually do is whatever I'm reading that morning in my mm-hmm. quiet time, I, there's usually something that stands out and I'll pray through that. And that's kind of what I meditate on. But all right, quick tip. This is how Donald Whitney shared it uh, to us. I went to like this. There's only like 10 of us that he talked to. I was all, I was a freshman. Oof. I was like super nervous, but he said, okay, so today and the recording of this podcast is March 18th. Mm-hmm. So go to Psalm 18, do a quick glance at it plus 30. So now go to Psalm 48, mm. which I remember that's a pretty good one. Plus 30, go to Psalm 78. Plus 30, go to Psalm 108. Mm. Plus 30, Psalm 138. You always have five Psalms to choose from every day of the week, except on the 31st. Um, but outside of that, so then you have five, okay, God, knowing my current situation, what jumps out at me or whatever, then you pick a chapter and then you go line by line and then think about those thoughts and pray through that. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. God, I'm so thankful, Lord. You're my shepherd. That means you you take care for me. That means there's certain things, there's evil that's around me that you've protected me from that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. Also, I can even start thinking about how you're my shepherd, which means I'm a sheep. God, I have gone wayward. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that I'm at where I'm at. Yeah. You know, Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. God, today I've been wanting this, I've been wanting that. Yeah. But instead of that, I'm going to want you. You know, that, that's just how you pray through the Psalms. And right. it's super helpful for people. And I think it's a practice that we need to be disciplined in doing yeah. in an age of anxiety and an age of stress. Um, it's these types of practices that I think it's not the practice itself, but it taps us into the promises that he's given us yeah. and it taps us into him. Right. And that's what gives us our ultimate hope, ultimate joy, ultimate rest. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We hope that this will continue. Uh, yeah. Every Monday. Every Monday. Um, hopefully I'll upload it by Monday night. Not sure. Um, hope this is a blessing to you. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, Caleb needs some more followers. What's your username, Caleb? I think it's Caleb C. Martinez. You think. That I is think. a great start. What's the middle name? My middle name? Yeah. We don't talk about it. What's your middle name? Christopher. Okay. Caleb Christopher Martinez. (laughs) So Caleb C. Martinez, uh, hit us up either of us. Mine's at Trey Van Camp. If you want to ask any questions, uh, just about, you know, whatever topic we're looking at each and every week, I think that's where most of the questions come from me for me is from Instagram or Facebook or whatever. We love you guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you guys next week.